Well, good evening, Central. How are you? Are you good? Now, I know some of you hear this voice and you say, my goodness gracious, is that a sound effect? It is not. My voice changed at age 13. Can you imagine me trick-or-treating at your house? I scared people half to death, I tell you. It's so good to be here with you all. I want to thank uh, Pastor Wilhite for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here with you all. I've been traveling all around the country on my book tour, and uh, it has been busy, uh, especially when you're riding on a bus with my big head on the side of it. Uh, I'm scaring people all across the country. Uh, but, but I had an opportunity uh, here in the last few years to really dig in and think about options. What are the things that we can do and what are the things that we can't do? Now, I, I want to talk with you about this because it, it's so important for us to be reminded that we have to be careful of what we believe. We have to be certain of some things. And sometimes we can, how many of you all ever had crazy in your family? If your hand ain't up, you might be. Oh, I'm going to be real with you now. I'm going to be honest. But it's amazing the things that we can get from family. I came from a family with a, a lot of love, but I think we also have to be careful that we don't take on some limitations from our family as well. And thinking about this, uh, it's such an honor to be here with you all, especially as we are about to celebrate Martin Luther King Day. Uh, it's an honor to be here with you. And uh, I am so grateful that that man had the courage to have a dream, but also had the audacity to be able to share it. And I think for a lot of us, you can give him a hand, go right ahead. I, I think it's important for us as we look at our own lives to really start to assess what we believe is possible and what we don't think is possible. Uh, in this new book that I've done, uh, Everyday Millionaires, it was a matter of battling against some myths. I wanted people to know the truth. And it's really important to know the truth because if you set your life up on a lie or you start to buy into some limitations that other people are trying to put on you, then you'll, you won't be fulfilled. You won't do what God's called you to do. And I think it takes courage. It takes courage for us to really look at where we are versus where we want to be. But I want to look at it through the lens of generosity. This is something that's near and dear to my heart. Because I think as a people, if we start to look at where we are and what can we do to be able to help others. And I love what they were talking about as we got started, not just monetarily, but looking at it through your time as well as your talents and your gifts. Now you all see me up here and I've got my skinny jeans on today. Y'all know I don't own nothing skinny, okay? I'm gonna tell you right now. But I used to play football back in the day and uh, I loved that sport. Uh, it was amazing. I could hit people and not get in trouble. Uh, <laughs> let out some aggression. But I remember back in that day, I had an opportunity to be on an incredible team and we won a national championship back in 1991. But so many people were talking about what we accomplished as a team. And I think it's real easy to get confused when you have been blessed with a gift or a talent and you can sometimes get caught up and believe that it's from you. But the reality is, is that anything that we have or any talent that we have is a direct gift from God. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And it's real easy to get caught up in that. And so I just want to remind you all as we're walking through. Now, I understand you all are, y'all are real people. 
Uh, and I like that. I like being around real people. Fake people make me nervous, right? People that act like everything's all right and they don't have any scars, they make me nervous. Uh, how many of you have walked through some real things in your life? Okay, all right, that's good, that's good. How many of you have issues? I've named mine, so I feel better. We all have them, but I think it's real easy to get confused. And I tell people this, it's, it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. And when you have that attitude and that spirit of whatever you have you've been blessed with, I want to talk with you about the importance of generosity, that mindset of what can happen when we see things a little bit different. Now, we've all walked through some things. We've all done some things that you can look back on and, and you regret or you wish you could go back and tweak. But I wanted to show you this picture. Uh, it's a lady driving, I think they're going to show it to you, the, the, the rearview mirror. Uh, they'll get that up there. And, and I had an epiphany one day. I was driving with my three boys. I have three sons. I have one that's built like me, one that thinks like me, and then one that looks like me. Um, don't tell me our Lord and Savior doesn't have a sense of humor. Uh, can we be real for a minute? How many of you have kids? Okay, how many of you have had enough kids that you know one of them is crazy? Okay? All right, okay. Well, I was driving with my boys. I had all three in the car. And they were like, uh, one, my, the one that's wired like me, Brock, he said, Daddy, is, is the speed limit a law? And I said, yes, it's a law. He said, huh. He goes, well, you're breaking the law right now. I said, I will put you out, right? But I was looking in the rearview mirror, and I realized as I glanced back at those three boys, and those boys are a blessing to me. As their father, I want to be a blessing to them in their lives. But it reminded me of a few things. That rearview mirror taught me a lesson that day, and I want to share it with you. You see, the rearview mirror is this small little mirror, but we've got this windshield that's huge. So I'm going to ask you all to do something weird. We're going to actually move in church, okay? Take a deep breath. It's going to be all right. But show me how big central is a rearview mirror. Put your hands up. Now, how big is a windshield? Do it for me one more time. Rearview mirror, windshield. It's okay for us to glance back but we need to focus forward. Some of y'all have walked through some stuff. You've been through some things. And it's so vital for us to be able to have this attitude because if we keep looking back, we will keep stumbling and fumbling. If we keep looking back and holding on to those mistakes that you made, you keep holding on to that thing you did in 98 or the thing you didn't do in 2012, if you keep holding on to that old hurt, it just does new harm to your new day. So what I want you to do in your life as you move forward, I want you to glance back, and it's okay to understand where you've come from, but more importantly, I want you to understand where it is you're going. And I want you to travel with somebody that's travel-worthy. I'm talking about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some of y'all, have y'all ever had a fake friend? You know what a fake friend is? If they're sitting beside you right now, don't make eye contact. <laughs> it's important to travel with real people. It's important to have some real friends in your life, but I don't know where you are in your walk with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but I just want to encourage you to really get to know him. I want to encourage you to trust him because he'll never fail you. He'll never, ever let you down. And some of us are walking through some stuff right now. I know I'm standing up here looking at you, and you're looking at me, and we all know we've got some stuff. We've either come from some stuff, or we're walking into some stuff, or we just came out of it. But either way, guess what? We're not done yet. And remember the phrase that I told you that it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. This is so very important. 
And so in this mindset of being generous, I want you to make sure that you're opening up your heart and you're looking at things a little bit different. I'm talking to people across the country about understanding the importance of being financially free, putting yourself in a position to be able to be a blessing to others. Because if we can get our own stuff situated, we can actually help someone else. We can actually be a blessing. My boys know, I used to, I do dad dates with them. Uh, they're 14 and 13 now, they don't like me to call it dad dates. Uh, they're uncomfortable with this phrase. They said, Daddy, can we call it something else? I said, no, I'm bigger than you. <laughs> I like dad dates. And I take them out individually. And uh, I was taking my middle boy who's wired like me. We went uh, to a Waffle House. Y'all have Waffle Houses around here? Oh, Lord, where do y'all eat? <laughs> well, for those of you that are unaware, Waffle House is a breakfast place. And the boys love to go sit up at the counter, and typically we love to watch them cook food. But this day when I had my middle boy with me, it was, it was full. And we ended up having to go sit in a booth, and we're sitting there, and the waitress walks up, and I notice as soon as I look up, she, she was pregnant. And I got to talking with her, and she was about four to five months pregnant, somewhere along in that process. And Central, you know just like I do, if somebody's working a job where they're on their feet all day, and they're four to five months pregnant, this is somebody that has to work. And I made my decision right then and there. I knew what I was gonna do. My son and I, we had our breakfast and we talked and I learned as a parent, it's better for me to talk less and listen more so I can understand what he's thinking. And I know how to pray to my Lord and Savior to help this little crazy boy. But I got a chance to talk to the waitress, learn more of her backstory. She was engaged and once the guy found out she was pregnant, he broke up with her and left and now she was on her own and she was trying to work as far as she could before she went back home to have this baby. And so she brings us the check and the bill was around $14. I pull out a 20, but I'd already made a decision that I was gonna do something kind for her. And so I pulled out a 50 and I slid it underneath the bill. Now, you need to know this about the Hogan boys. Uh, they know how to count. Uh, these boys know money. And so I said, all right, Brock, come on, buddy, let's go. He said, no, daddy, we need to wait on your change, okay? <laughs> now, Central, there's a few things I can't do. I, want, I know you're aware of this. Number one, I can't whisper. I've been banned in 49 of the public libraries in America, okay? It's impossible. Another thing I can't do is wear skinny jeans. We all know better than this, right? If I try to put this body in some skinny jeans, there will be denim all over this sanctuary. This is not a good thing, it's not good. And so I'm trying to get my son up. Have you all ever had somebody block your blessing? You ever had somebody, you try to do something nice and they try to block it, it can get you riled up. And so I was trying to get my son out of there before she came back. I didn't want her to see this. And so I said, no, son, come on, let's go. He said, no, that's too much, daddy. That's one of them big bills. It had the five and a zero on it. <laughs> I'm trying to get him out. And I honestly, I leaned over. I said, little boy, if you don't get up, I'm going to tase you, okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, I live in Nashville. You can tase kids in Tennessee as long as it's below the knee. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. So I finally get this boy out of there, and we go over to the side of the building. I said, boy, hush and watch. I've been telling them for years that it's good to give, that it's good to give, that it's good to give. But here, Central, in this moment, this boy's about to get a lesson he'll never forget. We're standing on the side of the building, and he's in front of me, and we're watching the waitress come back. She comes up to that little tray. You know that tray where money goes to die? Where they put it in there, and it don't come back? She saw the bill and saw the 20 and she did like this. I guess that would have been an okay tip for her. But can I tell you something? When she saw the 50, 
She picked it up, put it to her heart, and started to cry. Now, I'm standing here in this moment with my son. The power of this moment, I'll never forget it. We're standing at the corner of this building. He's in front of me, and we're watching her. And I realize all those years of me telling him to give, here in this moment, this lesson is about to be stamped on his heart in a way that he'll never forget. And we stand and we watch her for a few minutes and we're silent, we don't talk. We go get in the car and he said, Daddy, did you see that? He said, you made that nice lady cry. I was like, son, can we fix that statement a little bit? We don't need that story getting out. I said, those were good tears. He said, no, 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 Daddy, those were good tears. I said, well, let's just make sure we say that as we reenact the story. Can't go around saying Daddy made this nice lady cry. And so we get in the car and we're riding. He goes, Daddy, that was nice. He goes, that was one of them big bills too. It had the five and a zero on it. I said, it was. He said, does Mommy know you gave away one of them big bills? I said, actually, she does. I said, buddy, we talk about this and we set aside money each and every month to do some things like that. And I said, that's not something we're gonna talk about, it's just something we do. And I wondered if the boy would get the lesson, right? So we, we get home and we go about our business and this was a few weeks before Christmas. And we went out Christmas shopping, it was his turn, and we go to the mall and on the way in, you know, they have the Red Salvation Army buckets and I already made a decision when I come out, I'm going to, to put a donation in there as well. We go in and shop, we buy for the people we're supposed to buy for. At the Hogan House, we make a list of people and we put dollar amounts beside them of how much we're gonna spend and we actually shop with cash. And so we put people's names down and we put dollar amounts. Mother-in-law, $20. Uh, <laughs> I'm just being bad. We go in, we buy, we come out, and uh, on the way out, I hear his wallet. Now, you need to understand, I said, hear his wallet. I brought a picture of Brock's wallet. Uh, this boy's serious about his money, okay? <laughs> Do you see the chain on this thing? Okay, chain and snaps, and I hear his wallet. He pops open all the snaps, grabs out a $5 bill, puts it in the Salvation Army bucket. I walk up behind him, I put in my donation. We get in the car, I said, hey dude, what was that? He said, what do you mean? I said, what would you do back there? He said, daddy, you said it's good to give. I said, yes I did, buddy. I said, I'm so proud of you. Now Central, I had a plan. As soon as the boy went to sleep, I was gonna replace that $5 bill, but I bought him one of them big Slurpees in the mall and it took him a while to get to sleep. The boy was hopped up on sugar. Uh, and so he finally went to sleep and I go in there and get in his drawer. This boy takes the chain and wraps it around his wallet like a security system or something. And I'm in there trying to get this thing open and not wake this boy up and I finally get it open and I open, I'm looking at him. I said, wait a minute, this boy had $84. That he's buying breakfast next time, okay? I'm gonna tell you that right now. And so I put the $5 bill in. The next morning, I'm in shaving my head. Six o'clock in the morning, he kicks open the bathroom door. Boom! Daddy, somebody's been in my wallet. And I said, buddy, calm down. I said, it was me. He goes, well, why? I said, listen, I replaced the $5 bill that you gave yesterday. I said, I wanted you to know good things happen when you give. And he said, oh. I said, no, calm down and go back and get ready for school. The boy turned and walked off. He said, hey dad, next time, can you make sure to put the $5 bill in the right spot? And my walk, I told him, get out. <laughs> Do you know how happy it made me to see that little boy at that age understand generosity? And some of us as adults still don't have that mindset. We don't understand the value and the power of the blessing that we can be to others. Because when you give, you're a blessing not only to the person that receives it, but it also blesses you as the giver. 
And so I want to encourage you this year. You see, this is the time of year that everybody's setting new goals for themselves, some things that they want to do, things that they want to get better on in their lives. And I just want to encourage you to make sure that you're looking at things a little bit different. First and foremost, anything you have is a direct result of a blessing. It's not anything that you did. And if it's a blessing and God owns it, then our job is to be a good steward of those resources. And I want to encourage you on that. And I want you to start right where you are. Don't wait for someday. I hear that all the time. Chris, well, someday when I'm making more, I'll be able to give more. No, you won't. You see, if you won't start where you are right now, you'll never flex that muscle and have that habit of being a blessing or thinking about blessing others. I know this church is active in the community. I know you all are always forward thinking and thinking of ways you can impact and help others. And I just want to encourage you to do more of that this year. You see, it's really important. We have the ability now, but we don't want to waste it. A buddy of mine told me the story of a gentleman he knew that was a speaker. And uh, this guy went and did this speaking engagement. And at the end of the speaking gig, they gave him a thank you cup. And he, did, he was just, he was like, okay, that must be nice. He went home and threw it up in the cabinet. Show him the photo, you all. And in the cabinet, this cup sat, right? And, and, and it's just sitting in there. And a year later, his wife came up and said, hey, we're about to go to a football game. Do you mind if I use the cup? And he said, no, no, I got it from that speaking gig. You can have it. She opens up the cup. There's a $500 gift card in there. And she went to her husband. She said, did you say I could have this cup? He said, absolutely, you can have it. He, and she said, are you sure? He, he said, yeah. She goes, there's a $500 gift card in here. He said, that's my cup. <laughs> this cup had sat in there, you all, for a year, okay? Now, here's the reality. Can you imagine receiving a gift like that and throwing it up on the shelf? Can you imagine the fear in his head and his heart that he hadn't thanked the people for the gift that he received? You know why he didn't thank him? He didn't know he'd received it because he didn't open it, right? Now, I'm telling you this for this reason. You see, some of us, we look at Christmas gifts and we see these things, and I don't think some of us as adults understand the gift we've received through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Some of us have thrown that up on the shelf. We don't use it like we can. We don't access him like we ought to. And we've done that as well. We've put him on the shelf and not allowed him inside to run our lives, not just to be a part of it. Because I can tell you this, you can call him at 1 a.m. or you can call him at 1 p.m. You can reach out to him at 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. and he doesn't ever get tired. And he ain't mad. He loves you with his whole heart. And some of you don't believe me because you're sitting out there and you've got some scars. You've walked through some stuff and you're like, Chris, you don't understand what I've done. There's no way the Lord could still love me. And I want to tell you, yes, he does. He forgave you when you did it. Now, what we have to do is begin to forgive ourselves. Because I'm going to tell you something, Central, if you can't forgive yourself, it's going to be so difficult, almost impossible for you to be able to forgive others if they wrong you. And so I want to encourage you to start to think differently a little bit. Understand, he can use you. Don't you know that God is absolutely perfect at using imperfect things to go with his perfect mission? What we have to do is be willing. And I want you to learn to forgive yourself. This year is a new year. There's new opportunities for you. But I think we have to learn how to do a few things. We've got to think differently about our situation. Look at where you are and don't see it as a limitation. I want you to see it as an opportunity. We've got an opportunity to be able to grow forward. 
And I'm going to tell you this, he's, he'll never steer you wrong. He'll never steal you wrong and he'll never ever leave you. But what we have to do is to think differently about our situation. And I think the more that we do that, the more that we'll be able to see that we can do some things. And the Lord loves you. And I want to remind you of that because sometimes in the midst of our situation, we can forget. We can get so caught up in things that we forget that, hey, I need to make sure that I'm living in the way that the Lord wants me to. And that mindset can change some things for you. That mindset can help you. And here's the deal. We can do more than what we're doing right now. Do me a favor. All of you, raise your hand as high as you can. Okay? Now watch this. Is your hand up? Watch this. Now raise it higher. Did you see that? Everybody went three inches higher. Why is that? Because we naturally reserve some stuff. We don't ever go all out, right? We always hold back just a little bit because we don't know just in case. My sons, uh, we were watching uh, TV and it's hilarious. I love to watch Nature Channel, but one day there was a mating special. I almost broke my thumb trying to change the channel. It was a situation, right? But those boys, we were watching this man and he was about to go catch this snake. And the boys and I were sitting there watching it and my wife walked in and she was like, what y'all doing? We were like, be quiet, we're about to catch this snake with this man. And uh, he had this perfect skill. He had this hand like this and he went in and he grabbed the snake by the back of the head. And the boys were all sitting there like this, doing it with him. And, and, I, and then I had this fear in my heart. My boys are not the sharpest knives in the drawer. I needed them to understand a few things. We can watch this on TV, but never, ever, ever in real life are we to apply this knowledge, ever, right? And the man said, if snakes have round eyes, they're not poisonous, but if they have diamond-shaped eyes, th that they're poisonous. And my oldest son did this, hmm. Mm -mm. I said, Tyson, look at me. All snakes are poisonous, all of them. Well, the boy, about two months later, the boy goes outside. I'm in my office, and I've got readers on, y'all. Central, I'm old. I'm getting older. I need help. Uh, I had my readers on. So readers do what? Magnify. So I've got my readers on. I hear, I got my headphones in. I'm rocking. I'm working on this book. Tyson comes in, and I hear this. Dad, bum, 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 poisonous. And I go, what? I turn around. Readers on. The boy is standing there holding a snake. My readers made it look like an anaconda, okay? It was <laughs> the sound I made sounded like the middle between Michael Jackson and a dog in heat. I had problems. I was scared. <laughs> and I take my readers off. It was a little gardener steak, but it looked big. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, I caught it just like the man showed. And he goes, what do I do with it? And I went, go show your mama. Later that night, when he and I were on the couch together, in trouble, we had a chance to revisit that decision. That was not a wise choice. That was not a wise choice. I'm telling you this story for this reason. Some of us are sitting in here and we come into church and we hear God's word and we know God's knocking on the door of our hearts, but a lot of us aren't applying that knowledge. You're like us, the boys and I, sitting watching TV of the man about to catch the snake. What I want you to do is to put some stuff into action this year. I want you to do some things a little bit different this year. I want you to go all out for your Lord and Savior because he loves you from the jump. Don't hold back. Don't reserve. Don't, don't, don't just, just in case. I want you to go all out for him more in 2019 than you ever have in your life, and I want you to watch what happens. And I want you to apply the things that he's putting on your heart. The Lord and Savior will whisper things in your head and on your heart that he's not telling anyone else. 
And I firmly believe those things that we hear from him are things that he's calling us to be able to show what he's, in, in, he's enabled you to be able to do. Every single person in here has ability. You have talents. You have an incredible opportunity to be able to impact this world in your own special way. And I want to encourage you to trust him and go all out. Don't reserve a little bit behind anymore this year. Make this this year that you reach out and you go big because the Lord loves you. No more half-open presents like the travel mug up in the cupboard. No more not opening it up and experiencing his full love anymore because this is the year that you get a chance to prove it. You all are sitting out there watching me and the lights are on me and I'm on stage and you see me. But where you live and where you work, you've got an opportunity to be on display and to show people what the Lord can do with imperfect people. You have the opportunity, but it takes courage. I'll close with this. I had an opportunity. Uh, my, my, my youngest son is a special needs boy. Uh, when he was two years old, they told us he wouldn't live to be age 15 with this rare disease. Case is 11 now. He's in a clinical trial. He's doing fantastic. But I got to tell you, I walked through a dark period in my life to be able to hold my two-year-old and to hear this news. That was a shock to my heart. That broke my spirit and sent me into some dark, dark places. I've walked through that and processed that and understand what I did wrong. I was inward instead of praying to the Lord to help me understand how to use this. This little boy has grown his daddy up. This little boy has caused me to have more feelings and, and to be able to communicate and be more kind in ways I never would have before without it. And I'm telling you this because the Lord can use whatever you're walking through to be a blessing to someone else. We just have to have the courage to keep walking, right? Just have to have the courage. Case loves the movie Frozen, and we had watched it about 62 times. Uh, so much so, I think I started humming this song. Uh, I will not hurt your ears and try to hum it here today. But I knew I had a problem. A buddy of mine played football in, in the SEC, and I, we went out to lunch, and I'm humming. And he said, dude, are you humming Frozen? I said, dude, did you recognize it? Get out there. <laughs> he said, I don't want to talk about it no more. But I'm telling you this, Central, these kid movies have some adult themes. And if you listen to it, it was another thing that woke me up, and I want to leave you with this. They talk about let it go, right? Let it go. And I want you to do something for me that I wish you would have done years ago when I first dawned on me the power of this, that there's some stuff we need to let go of. There's some old hurt and some old mistakes and some stuff you didn't do and stuff you wish you would have done, or somebody did something to you and you're still holding on to that grudge, you're still holding on to that hurt that they didn't treat you right and didn't do what you thought they would have, I need you to do something for yourself and I need you to let it go. You see, when you let go of old hurt, it doesn't get to do new harm to your new day. When you let go of old hurt, it doesn't get a chance to keep you hostage anymore. You've got an opportunity to let that go and I want you to let it go and just grab a hold of the hand of the Lord. Let it go. And some of my buddy told me, he goes, Chris, I wrote it down. You told me to let go of some stuff. He said, I made a list of 10 things I'm going to let go of. And he said he did a little campfire out back and went out and dropped it in there. He said, I'm not going to pick them up anymore. He said, they've been holding me back from doing what I needed to do. And I'm here to tell you, Central, the Lord's waiting on you, and he's ready for you, and he wants you. Somebody somewhere is waiting on you to become what the Lord's called you to be. Don't leave them waiting. Have the courage. Have that attitude, have that spirit and that desire to be what he's called you to be. And I'm telling you, go all out. Don't reserve anything anymore. 
And when we get that opportunity, I want you to look for ways to be a blessing to people with your time, your talent, as well as your money. And watch what happens. Watch what this nation becomes as we start to look at things a little bit differently. That we don't see color, we don't see socioeconomic status. What you see is a child of God in need of somebody to love them. And that's what you're capable of. Thank you all for your time and attention. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, I want to thank you for today and the opportunity to be here with this magnificent church. Lord, I pray that you continue to use them and bless them and guide them to impact not only this city, but this country. Help them to be the example. Help them to continue to have the courage to follow you all the days of their lives. I ask that you bless them, walk with them through whatever comes their way, for them to know that you are with them, that you can never be tired, that you're never scared, that you're always able to be a blessing through whatever comes our way. And Lord, I ask that you continue to walk with them and bless them and be with them and their families. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.